Today is the first Sunday of the blessed month of Hatur, other two Sundays, and other, sorry, other months of the year, Tut, Baba, we finished those two, those two months, and now we're in the, the third month of Hatur. Next month of Kiyak is the month that we celebrate Christmas in, so we're almost done with the first quarter of the Coptic, um, of the Coptic year. Um, Hatur has, the first two Sundays are the exact same gospel, almost the exact same gospel. The gospel of the sower that goes out to sow seeds. Uh, most likely in Egypt, Egypt being an agrarian culture, it's an SAT word for the kids, uh, a farming culture, um, the farmers of Egypt would hear this gospel during the time that they're sowing their seeds. As they're doing their work, they're also thinking about the seed as the Word of God. And I was touched, and I've said this before, I was really touched. I don't know how to explain it. I went to um, a small island um, in, uh, next to um, Soheg. It was called... Shuraneya, I think that's what it's called, the Shuraneya. Um, I might be off, but it was an island, and, and on it I was sitting talking to the youth there. Uh, we were doing one of these trips, and the youth were all the children of, of, of farmers. And I was asking, I was asking them, I was like, uh, what are you doing? It's the summertime. I said, what are you doing now? And they said, we're helping our, our parents in the fields. I was like, oh, that's, that's wonderful, um, especially because they were such young kids. But then later on, they sang for us a song. And in that song, um, they, they translated it for us. And so the words were, uh, Christ the sower went out to sow seeds. And so the connection that I made is that Christ sows seeds just like our families sow seeds. So they were relating Christ as the sower to their parents. Christ is a farmer. You could say Christ is a farmer and our parents is a farmer. It's, it's, it's a very important connection that they made in their life, connecting what's happening in the day-to-day -day with the religious life, with Christ himself. And for us, in a way, we have to connect this and make this connection as well. Now, first is kind of a side point that I'm going to leave for you to think about on your own at home. Today's, God, today's Catholic epistle it was about the tongue. James chapter 3 from 1 to 12. It's a commonly repeated um, reading during the year, throughout the year, and something that's well known. Everybody knows about how um, if anyone does not stumble in the tongue, or if, sorry, uh, if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man able to bridle the whole body. And it goes on. But the tongue is not just only about uh, the tongues in everybody's body individually. The tongue of the body of Christ is the preacher. So now go back and think about how this relates to the preacher, the priest, or the bishop as being the tongue of the body. It's very interesting to think about it in that way. I'll just touch and go. Uh, next thing I want to talk about is the main point of today's gospel that I'm going to focus on is the nature of the soil. Uh, 
the nature of the soil. Now, I'm not a farmer, I don't have a green thumb, but I lived among farmers when I was growing up and uh, got to see what they do to the fields every year. And this is an important detail that we need for this parable. See, Christ, he gave these parables to people in a way that they would understand it because this was their lifestyle. Farming was their lifestyle, or at least they knew about farming much more intimately than we do. So that's a detail that's missing today that I just want to kind of fill in the gaps, especially for the kids. Think about, when you think about farms. Um, so for example, you go to, uh, if you're driving to St. Marina, you pass big fields. These are strawberry fields maybe? Yeah. Right, so these are strawberry fields that are bare right now. What has to happen in order for those fields to produce, um, to produce fruit? First off, the ground has to be prepared. The ground has to be prepared. Uh, in, in the fields, what they would do is they'd go through the ground first to make sure, especially if it's new ground, to make sure that there's no rocks. So literally, you had people walking through the fields, picking up big rocks, throwing them on some um, machine to get the rocks to the side of the field. This is the first thing. Right? We're going to talk about how the seed produces fruit in you, so we have to understand how does the seed produce fruit in the ground. So we've got to go through this. So there's removing rocks. There's also removing weeds. There's also tilling the soil. And Fouad, of course, if there's anything else you want to add to this, as someone who knows about plants, let me know. <laughs> but the idea is that as, as we're going, you have to turn the soil over, make sure that it's... Uh, I guess aerating or whatever, you have to remove the seed, weeds, you have to remove uh, the rocks. Next, you plant the seeds. You have to protect the seeds from birds, you have to protect the seeds from animals, you have to cover the seeds and you have to make sure that they're not too deep, not too shallow. Next, you have to fertilize and water. Not too much, not too little. And of course, sunlight, not too much, not too little. And, and then you have to build a fence. I, 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 uh, I, we have a vineyard in our, in our, a small vineyard in our backyard, and I was very excited when I came to this house, thinking, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something with this vineyard. I, I, and I researched Google and whatever, and looking into this and figuring out everything about this. And then spring came around, and the leaves are coming, and the vines are coming, and I'm <coughs> arranging them and everything. And then the small fruit come, and then I remember someone said, you have to put a net over it. You have to put a net over it in order to protect it from the birds. So I was like, great, I'm gonna do that. And then as we're putting the net over it, I'm seeing the fruit come and I'm seeing pieces of the fruit missing. So I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching. <laughs> I mean, it's not that I, I did anything, but I want, I want this to produce fruit. So I'm watching, I'm watching the fruit. I'm sitting in the kitchen kind of doing reading, whatever, just what, are the, are the birds coming? What's happening? How are they getting, what's happening? And I found one day, I'm outside and a big fat, mouse is just kind of barely able to move going into there and I could see that that mouse was coming from underneath going up eating the fruit so next year I have to protect against the mice uh, and and the birds but you have to protect the crop and then you have to watch the crop make sure that you harvest it in the right time all of these all of these aspects going into what it takes for crops 
to, um, to produce, or for the, for the land to produce fruits. Now, our soul, each and every one of us, is a type of this land. The wayside, the rocks, choked, uh, land that's choked by thorns, and uh, good, good soil. Sometimes we are all three of these at the same time. Wayside, rocks, and, and, and thorns. What's good about this parable, which is different, so a parable is just, it's just a story. In our lives, you can change from being rocks to good soil, from being among the thorns to being good soil. St. John Chrysostom wrote about this as well. Uh, but I'm just going to kind of give you that idea that we can change. But what is most important for us is to understand how are we these different types of soil and how can we change to be better soil. Of course, we also have to ask the question, how do we change and why should we change? Right? Those questions have to be answered as well. But what is the nature of the soil? So the wayside is on the path. It's not on the, on the grounds. The wayside could be good soil, but it's unprotected, unprotected from the birds of the air that come and take from it. Remember that man that came, that person that came to Christ and said to him, I will follow you anywhere. And Christ said to him, the birds of the air have nests and the foxes have holes, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And one person took that to mean understood that to mean in your heart God Christ was speaking to that person in your heart you have foxes that steal the fruit from the vine remember that's that, that verse from Song of Songs catch us the little foxes that steal the fruit from the tree you have foxes that steal your fruit and you have birds that steal the seeds these are in your heart and the son of man has no place to lay his heart within you how does our heart become like the wayside when we don't protect the seeds, when we don't try to remember anything of what's going on, especially in church, then it's like the birds coming and taking away the seeds that have been sown. Right now, seeds are being sown. The Pauline epistle was taken from St. Paul's epistle to the Corinthians. What was it about? The Catholic epistle I just told you about. The, the Acts of the Apostles, what was it about? The Synexar, what was it about? The Psalm, what was it about? You have to kind of keep repeating this in your mind, going through it, remembering it, so that this, the birds don't steal these seeds from your heart. When you leave here, what was the sermon about? And even, I, I put the sermon, I put it on SoundCloud. If I forgot what the sermon is, I have the resource to go back and read. I have Coptic Reader on my phone, I can go back and read. But how many of us go back to read? We just keep going, keep going, keep going. We allow, we allow easily and quickly the seeds to be taken away. On our day to day, we can pray our Egbeyas, we can read our Bibles, but how much of that are we retaining? How much of that are we keeping inside of us? So that's the wayside, the rocks. Christ said elsewhere, build your house upon the rock. But here is a different rock, not a good rock for this purpose. The rock does not allow the roots to grow. The rocks don't allow deep roots to grow. 
how can we allow roots to grow in our spiritual life from the seeds that we hear? We allow the roots to grow through the constant practice of what we hear. Through the constant, it doesn't mean we get it perfect every single time, but I constantly try over and over to do what was said to do, to do what, was told, what I was told to do. I build the practice and I build roots in the church by coming to church. If I were to come to church once a quarter, if I only, for example, go to Christmas Eve when it's convenient, when Christmas Eve falls on a Friday night or a Saturday night and I have nothing the next day, if I only come to church when it fits my schedule, I'm not building roots in church. The practices help me to build roots. I can't emphasize how important it is going to Vespers, going to morning raising of incense, going to liturgy, going to uh, Tazbaha, going to um, monasteries, going to, these are practices as well, praying our Agbeya, listening to what is being said and doing what is being said. So if you hear what I'm saying to you right now, what you will do is you will go home and begin these practices. I have to remember what was said today in liturgy. I have to remember the readings. I have to remember the sermon. I have to remember what I'm reading in the Bible. I have to remember the stories of the saints. And of course, I have to offer time to God in order for these stories to be heard and meditated upon. Third, thorns. The thorns. The thorns are not so much something that's in us from the beginning, but something that we allow to come within us. It's like saying, I want to do everything that's in the Bible, but it just doesn't fit nicely into my life. If my work requires me to lie a little in order to make a dollar, or if my work requires of me that I have to uh, do something dishonest, then I have to ask myself, am I serving God or am I serving the dollar? If, for example, I am in school and I really want to get a good grade and so I think about cheating, these are exactly the thorns that kind of come up and creep into our lives and make it easy for us to ignore the Word of God. Ignoring the Word of God is very easy to do in our day and age because nothing outside of church, nothing outside, or I should say very little outside, is encouraging us to be good, holy, righteous people. Right? When you have other people that are encouraging you in a certain lifestyle that's against the gospel, and there's four, five, six, all of a sudden you feel yourself being drawn with the masses, as opposed to, no, I have to stay on that narrow, that narrow, um, the narrow way that leads to the kingdom of God. I can't care enough about, uh, I can't care only for what I need, I have to also care about what I need in the kingdom to come. See, look, God, God promises us that He gives to everyone their fruit in due season, right? So if I have a dollar that I can give to someone who's poor and in need, I can look at it in one of two ways. 
I can take that verse that God gives to everybody what they need in due season and keep my dollar in my pocket. And say, God's going to take care of it. Right? Or am I misusing the gospel? Am I misusing the gospel in that way? I'm misusing it. I can say, God gives to everybody and He uses us to give. He uses us to give. He uses us in the work that He's doing here in the world. Those that are around us, those that are in need. And then, of course, we have the good grounds. So the thorns are that, those cares in this life that choke us and stop us from doing what we need to do in order to live good, honest, Christian, holy lives. And then we have the good grounds. The good ground produces fruit. And how do you know it's good ground? You know it's good ground because it produces fruit. Jesus Christ said elsewhere, you shall know them by their fruits. When the Word of God is planted within us, it has to produce fruit, but we have to think back to the producing fruit. All of that stuff that has to go into the soil, protecting it and nurturing it and nourishing it and building it up. All of that has to go into the Word of God that's planted within us. We have to practice what we hear. And why does this all matter? Why is this all important for us? Because when we practice what we are being taught, and these are the very simple practices that your mother told you to do when you were young, Father Tom Hopko said it. He says, all of this stuff is what your mom told you to do when you were young. I like how he kind of summarized it. Go to church, say your prayers, uh, serve others, don't forget, um, and don't forget God. I think there might have been one of these things. Go to church, say your prayers. Um, do, do, do what you hear and don't forget God. Do what you hear and don't forget. It's something very simple like that, which is what we're talking about when we're talking about the practices. If we do this, and if we yield good fruit, what we end up becoming are missionaries. We end up becoming people who are preaching the gospel to others. This is the type of missionary that the world needs. This is the type of missionary that our church offers. A lot of times people are like, why aren't we like... Why aren't we like the Protestants going out and preaching in the streets and preaching to other countries? In a way, we are. In a way, we're supposed to be. In a way, each one of us, if we count here 50 people or so, we have 50 missionaries in this room. And these 50 missionaries are being sent out into Mission Viejo, Aliso Viejo, Laguna Negel, Ladero Ranch, all these other places to preach the gospel. And you preach the gospel through your actions. So that people see your good works or see your fruit and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Do we see these connections? Are we understanding why this parable is so important for us? Because it's not about us just producing good fruit, but producing good fruit in our lives produces fruit in the parish. Producing fruit in the parish produces fruit in the community. Producing fruit in the community brings more people into the church, brings more people closer to God. Now, how can I change my, my soil? How can I change the soil that's in my heart? 
That's where we have to increase our ascetical practices. Why do you think the church tells us to fast so much? Why do you think the church tells us to pray so much? Why does the church emphasize the, the idea of giving to the poor and helping the needy? Is it, is it just that we're following rules and if we follow these rules we're going to enter into the kingdom of God? Or is there something deeper? Of course there's something deeper. And what is deeper here is that when you do these things, you are creating within your heart, everybody listen to this, when you do these things, you're creating with your heart good soil. And this is the same as the farmer that goes out and removes the rocks and removes the weeds and makes sure that there's a fence and makes sure that the, the crops are protected and makes sure that this is going to produce a good fruit. It's through those ascetical practices in our lives. So that when you hear the word of God, it enters deep into your heart. And when it enters deep into your heart, it produces roots. And those roots produce fruit. And those fruit can be seen by those around and bring others into Christ. Bring others into the church. Your job, the church's job and your job. The church's job is to make you like Christ. And that's why all these practices are there. So that you can be like Christ. Your job is to become like Christ. To have the virtues. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. These are the fruit of the Spirit. But also to have real virtues. The virtue of faith. The virtue of prayer. Uh, the virtue of giving. All of these have to be in you. So the church offers you practices. You are supposed to take it and go out and do those practices. Now one of the tragic parts of this, of this parable, or one of the scary parts of this parable, is that out of four types of ground, only one produces good fruit. Only one. So it's stacked against us. The odds are stacked against us. Or we should say we have to work hard. You can't passively have good fruit in your life. It has to be active. It has to be active. And we can't blame the sower. We can't say the sower sowed seeds among the thorns and therefore it's the sower's fault. No, the point of the parable is that is your heart the good ground or not? The, the seed that the sower gives is good. It produces fruit. And this is another, a whole other sermon that we could talk about about how Christ is the giver of all good things. And so the, it can produce fruit within us. That this, this is turning now the tables. It's not about are we doing enough? Is there enough service in the church? Is there enough uh, going on in the church? It's about what are you doing with what you have received? Where is the fruit in your lives? If the, the seed has been producing saints for centuries, all of a sudden in the year 2019, we're going to say the seed, the word of God does not work anymore. Society has become so corrupt that Jesus Christ himself can't save us. Not at all. So return to those practices. Return to what the church is telling you to do. Don't say, this is extra, this is, uh, this is not necessary, I don't need to do that. But be careful with what we've been given so that we're not judged in the end. There's, a, there's the, famous, the famous joke, right? Where somebody is, is, is about to drown. Car comes, there's a, there's a flood coming, right? So the car comes and the guy says, come into the, into the car. And the guy says, 
No, no, God's going to save me. And then the boat comes and come into the boat. No, God's going to save me. The helicopter comes. No, come in the helicopter. No, God's going to save me. And then the person dies and asks God, why didn't you save me? And God said, I sent you a car. I sent you a boat. I sent you a helicopter. What more do you want me to do? We have no excuse in our church, especially in the Coptic Orthodox Church, the church of ascetical practices. We have no excuse for not taking those practices and becoming saints. And I am the first and foremost to, to mourn and lament that. I am without excuse. But you too are also without excuses. And we have to work hard on becoming that, that good ground. I don't want to hear people cl- complaining about Wednesday and Friday fasting. I don't want to hear people complaining you know, about Agbeya prayers or complaining about Vespers, how it's late, it's inconvenient, it's not the right time. Or, or even in the morning, you know, the morning prayers when we come to church, nobody was here at 8 o'clock. Nobody. Okay, there was a few people, I'm exaggerating. But you know who you were, and you know who, you, who was here. So what I'm saying is that these practices are for your benefit, so that you can produce fruit. And in producing fruit, you can become missionaries to the world. May God allow His Word to produce fruit in our hearts, 30-fold, 60-fold, and a hundredfold to bring glory to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever into age of all ages. Amen.